Do the Dallas Mavericks still need a third ball handler? Or is that player on the roster? Nico Harrison talked to us about it at Media Day. We'll also hear from Jaden Hardy, who could rise the ranks to become that third ball handler. He is a joy. We'll talk about him and why we're so excited for him on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. Hey, hey, Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where the best way you can help us grow the show is to comment anything below. Comment, leave a comment. Let us know who ends up being the third ball handler. Is it Jaden Hardy, Frank Nilakina, is it Josh Green, Theo Pinson, or is it Maxi Kleba? Or is it player not on the roster, A, B, C, whoever you think it is? Name some names. Let us know. Who ends up being the Mavs third ball handler? Because right now, there's only two solid ones. But joining me to talk about it, as always, my co-host, writer, and contributor at Mavs.com, the ball handling honey, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I don't have anything for you today. I I'm speechless. Loss of words. I have nothing. Two, I'm a loss of words because... Two sick toddlers just knocked Isaac out today. Honestly, yes. We <laughs> got on Zoom and Nick's like, are you okay? And I was like, you know what? My whole house is sick right now. And my kids have been throwing up all day. And I'm like trying to... Vo- you got to like... You know, this parent game is like, all right, I got work. Got to gotta support the gotta, fam. Yeah, got to so bring the baby. Got to try, gotta try not to get sick. But I got to be there for my kids too. And uh, there's just, it just sucks seeing a, a toddler throw up man there's just nothing you can do about yeah, it Yeah, your toddler throws up and then looks at you and says <laughs> i love how you're like, like and right then you're in. like why are you throwing up so much and they're like <laughs> i'm laughing in uh this is why you got this. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm laughing in, in not having kids. That, that's how I'm laughing. That's the <laughs> We need new sound sound bites. I know we, I don't feel like we got as many in, in media days as I wanted to. I'm waiting for some. Let us know in the comment section if you think there's one that's worthy, a sound bite that's worthy of the soundboard. But we want to talk about the Mavs third ball handler because that that seems to be, at least from what I've read, seen, heard, talked about with people, the one like concern people have about this roster, positional wise, that at least is not filled. Right, we kind of have answers for some of the other ones. We have answers to, all right, who's going to replace the scoring of Jalen Brunson? Well, Tim Hardaway comes back. Christian Wood is added to the team. That adds some scoring. We, we, the Mavericks fix the front court. They add J- Javale McGee, who you think is super underrated going into this season. Yeah. You talked about that a lot. Christian Wood obviously adds that front court, and now all, all of a sudden the Dwight Powell situation problem and Davis Bertans playing minutes in the playoffs that goes down significantly, and. Then there's the, you know they have the wings they have Luca obviously that answers every single question and, and covers a bunch of holes but then who the third ball handler is who is the other player that you know that creates his own shot that is able to move the ball around that's able to create a shot when no one else can that's been a big question and part of the reason why I think it's been a big conversation is that they had options with Dragic at one point maybe Kemba becomes an option there's been some other options throughout the offseason. Uh, Dennis. Uh, uh, Dennis Schroeder was was an option that the Mavericks kind of toyed with and looked at. But are we making this too big of a deal? Is this too big of an issue that, that people are making it? Because it does seem like it's the one gripe that people have with the roster. 
but it's it still is like a backup baller. <laughs> I, I don't think people are making too big of a deal about it because I think it is an important thing. Like, you know, when you when you look at the if you go back to this this podcast, people have been listening for a while before the KP trade. We were talking about the need for another ball handler and an, another creator. Just a second next, one. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and what ha- what happened? They make the KP trade, and day one, I'm like, I like this trade. You loved like, it. You thought they were yes, better. I, yeah, and I'm like, it, it does not. I I didn't like the the sentiment of our ceilings lower now. Because I thought what Spencer brought as this third creator, this third ball handler, was going to unlock something with the team. So naturally, now then we get to see that for the rest of the regular season. We got to see it in the playoffs. The ability to have at least one, but a lot of the times, at least two of those guys on the floor at all times. And then sometimes even three of those guys on the floor at, at different times in the playoffs. So it just changed so much. And it lightened the load a little bit more on Luka to where he could play a little bit more off the ball. So... I think I think it is a big deal. It's been a big deal ever since Brunson was going to the Knicks. I'm like, all right, they got to replace it somehow because it worked well last year. Why go away from that? What like, all right, you're not going to have JB. So how are you going to replace that third ball handler guy, creator guy? And they haven't done that yet. Now, it's obviously been a question. Jason Kidd was asked about it. It's what a lot of people have been talking about. Nico Harrison, we asked Nico about it. Like, we're going to hear clips about that. So it's just, it, it's going to be a thing, especially the Dragic thing and Chicago promising him, him minutes and all this stuff. Like, it's it's been a conversation. It's going to be a conversation. And I think it's a valid conversation because Frank is was fun and was a, was a fun player to watch. And it's like, hey, I, I like his minutes. I like him on defense. But if Luca or Dinwiddie go down for a few games, or God forbid, you know, two or three weeks, are 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 you comfortable with Frank Nilakina like running point? Like one of the like you don't want Dinwiddie playing forty five minutes. You don't want Luca playing. Like, are you comfortable with Josh Green or Frank Nilakina running point for twenty minutes in a, in a night? I saw Frank. I saw Frank Nilakina drain a pull-up jumper that he <laughs> that he drove from the the opposite end of the floor today in training camp. But I just I, that that's just the. I don't think people are making too big of a deal about it. I think it's valid. It is. It's a, it's a valid issue. It is the you know it is the spot that that matters. And the problem does rise when one of those two guys is out, and they probably will be. Like th- these are not players that have been Iron Men like eighty two games a year in their career. Uh, Dinwiddie mostly because just two two ACL injuries. Luca misses about you know 15 games a year basically for various different things because his is uh, the load that he carries is so much like so much for this team and the way that he plays is, is pretty reckless. And um, and then it's 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 who handles the the load when those guys can't play. When those guys can play, I don't think this is as big as, as big of a problem. You're not going to be able to re- they weren't going to be able to replace the the level that Jalen Brunson could bring. Right, but they at least have Dinwiddie as as a, a you know a, a fallback option, and so that that's good. They at least have another guy like that. Two years ago, or at least before last season, we were calling for one more ball handler, right? Like just one more. And we still saw them almost beat the Clippers two years in a row in the playoffs. Still have good regular seasons, even with the the roster problems. They have more of an identity now, different coaching staff, and all that. So this team can still be successful if they don't have that extra ball handler. 
what happens is it does lower the ceiling a little bit if you don't have somebody on that level of Jalen Brunson. They're not going to answer it with the players on the roster, but they're going to try to because we talked to Nico Harrison at Media Day, and uh, this is what he said about about a third ball handler and who's going to be that other creator besides Luka and Dinwiddie on the roster. I know you're probably getting asked about this a lot, but you lose JB. You naturally lose a third ball handler on the team. What's the... How are you answering that question when somebody says, hey, you have Luca, you have Dinwiddie. Who's going who's gonna to create or handle the ball whenever one of them's not on the floor or in the second unit? Um, you know, people forget about Frank. Mm. Um, Frank. Okay, stop. Do we forget about Frank? He's, He's probably, probably mean national, national people. Because not a lot of national, national people, people are talking about Frank. But no, no we, we, we don't, don't forget about Frank. No, we don't. Played big minutes in the playoffs, and, and he's, a, he's a ball handler. Um, you know, Jaden, who's young, like how quick can he progress to, to get on the floor and, and help us? Um, you know, we have Tyler Dorsey, who most people didn't know about until this summer. So, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic of the team we have. And then, you know, we have an open roster spot. So It's interesting when he talks about – he mentions Frank. Like you forget about Frank. Do we forget about Frank? I don't think so. I, I don't think he's that guy. I think we, this is now year, what, five, six for him in the NBA? I think we know six. It, I think we know at this point what he's going to be as a ball handler, as a creator. He can do it a little bit. I'm okay with him being like the fourth ball handler on the team. Where every once in a while he goes out there with another guy that can create and – Secondary creates, but he's not the guy I'm, I'm wanting to bring up the, the ball to initiate offense to, you know, to drive and kick like that kind of stuff. And that's what this offense sort of asks for. Um, but coming up, let's talk about some of these other guys that he talked about. He mentioned Tyler Dorsey, but he also mentioned Jaden Hardy. And that's a guy that we're super excited for. But how high are we on him going into this specific year? How how hard, how fast can he, like Nico said, go from you know rookie to contributing with the Mavericks? We'll talk about that here from Jason Kidd and Jaden Hardy and more. Coming up. Before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the best place to check out the odds and lines inside and outside of sports. You can see all the odds right now. We talked about some NBA odds yesterday. There's a bunch of football odds all the time. They have props. They have tons of props all the time. Who are the Dallas Cowboys playing this year or this this week? They're playing the Commanders. First half margin of victory. <laughs> Dallas by one to six points is plus 350. You can bet on that. You can bet on... Uh, the exact touchdowns that the Dallas Cowboys will score. Plus 225 is two touchdowns. They'll only score two touchdowns. Ooh, how the, how the mighty Dallas Cowboys have fallen. That's the number one. Six they don't or, even rush. Six or more is plus 1,400. That's the that's the, the highest odds there, so you can check that wow. out. Margin of, I, would ru- I would rush to place that bet. <laughs> uh, team to commit the first penalty? Cowboys. That's tied. It's minus 115 for both. Uh, team with the longest field goal. That one's pretty close. There's a bunch of other props. So there's props, there's game lines, there's spreads, everything. You can check it out. It's bet online. It's where the game starts. All right, Isaac Harris, we're continuing our talk about the Mavericks third ball handler because it is the one real hole in the roster that we saw last season in the playoffs really work with Jalen Brunson, with Dinwiddie, and obviously with Luka. Those three guys really shorted up to where the Mavs have a bunch of finishers and they can just finish. And then they have a bunch of then they have three guys that can create. And when you have that, it creates a really good offense for the Mavericks. They don't have that guy since Jalen Brunson left. Dinwiddie was elevated from third ball handler to second ball handler. Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison, according to that clip we played in the first segment, think that the answer is on the roster. Or at least they're telling us that they think that that, that 
players. Well, on Nico even said open roster spot. So it's Frank. It's you know, but he also mentioned Tyler Dorsey. What do we think about Tyler Dorsey on a two-way contract coming back to the NBA this year? We saw him play pretty well in Greece. Um, what do we think about his prospects as potentially you know third ball handler, another guard that can create? No. I mean, it's just like, and it's not a, it's not a knock on him. It's just he's he's a two-way guy, so it's like they only get so many days in, in the league, and like whatever we get from Tyler Dorsey is like icing on the cake. I think I think he's a good player. He's probably deserving more than a two-way guy. I'm just not going into the season saying, "Hey, you know who our third ball handler is? One of the two-way guys." I, <laughs> and it's and it's more about what his game is to me than it is about what level he can get to. He is him. I would rather have Tim Hardaway be that guy than Tyler Dorsey because they're they're kind of the same player. Style wise, they're kind of the same player. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be more comfortable with Tyler Dorsey's handling the ball. Interesting, like like creating. You know, like setting others up, but it's just it's they're 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 either close. It's either close or it's like one yeah. a little bit over the other one. Like it doesn't matter that much. I think right? Tim's got a deeper bag though. I agree, and yeah. so so then you're you're just, you're just talking about that's not their game. Tim's game is spot up shooting. It's coming around curls. It's you know spotting up. It's maybe creating for himself a, a little bit here and there, but it's it's mostly off of screens and jump shooting. It's a lot of jump shooting, and that's that's not necessarily creating your own shot, getting to the rim, finishing the stuff that Jalen Brunson would do last year, the stuff that Dinwiddie's going to do. Obviously the stuff that Luca does, he does, he does all the stuff, but that's where I see those two guys. And that's why no one's talking about Tim Hardaway jr. As that type of guy (laughs) as being another ball handler creator. Cause he's not, you, you kind of create and he finishes stuff off of catch and shoots off of, you know, curls and plays run for him. Uh, So that's what those, that's what those guys can be. The one player on the roster that I think could develop into this, that I actually believe could, is Jaden Hardy. He has this. Like, this is what he is. He is a creator. He can create his own shot. He can distribute to others. He can do all this stuff. The problem is he's a rookie. And I don't know if we're talking about this specific year, if he's ready to to jump into that spot. If he does, then it's an incredible development for the Mavericks as a, you know, roster building situation. But as a rookie, what are we expecting from him in year one? Well, I, I view, and when I say this, you know, one, I, I've seen some people's feedback after yesterday of like, oh, man, Isaac, he hates Christian Wood. I don't hate Christian Wood. I'm just trying to manage expectations going into the season. I'm not trying to say right now, Christian Wood, second best player on the team. He's going to be an all-star this year because I think you're just setting it up when the Mavs are not setting that up right now. And I kind of view and I kind of view Jaden Hardy the same way of whatever we get is icing on the cake. Like, yeah. Yeah, best case scenario, this dude just like kills it. He's literally one of the steals of the draft. Christian Wood made that joke today after practice. He's a steal. Uh, which, remember, they have a relationship going back to Christian Wood's UNLV days. Talk to Bob Sturm. <laughs> Talk to Bob Sturm from that uh, or about that uh, on the pod from his interview uh, on the radio. But um, I, I just, that's how I'm viewing Jaden Hardy's season this year. of I'm not going into the season saying, hey, Jaden Hardy, second round pick, is going to be in the rookie of the year conversation. And it's not a knock to his like his ability, even though you're going to hear in the third segment how he feels about himself as far as the draft class, because he was one of the top ranked recruits in his whole entire class right before his one year at, you know, at the G League Ignite you know, team. So I just. I'm managing the expectations going into this year. I think he's going to be fun. I think he's going to be a fun player to watch in fourth quarter blowout theater. 
and see and I think he's going to be fun in the preseason, kind of like the summer league a little bit, but it's going to take some time. There's going to be growing pains. And, and just like Jason Kidd made a joke today after practice, I think that encapsulate encap is that a right? Is, is that, that the word? Encapsulates. Capsulates. Cap, there you go. Um, the Jaden Hardy experience right now. And are we playing that clip or no? Or should we just wrap it? Yeah, yeah I, got, I got kidding. Okay. Yeah, so Jason Kidd was asked about Jaden Hardy. He specifically asked the support system that he has around and like the system. And then he also got asked about a, a specific moment in camp when Jaden Hardy like had a moment where the vets kind of came and, and helped him out. And I think that that's a, it's a really good way to show that, okay, that they're trying to develop this guy. They're trying to bring this guy up. And uh, let's hear from Jason Kidd. Yeah, I think uh, he's in a great situation where he can learn from vets. Uh, when you talk about Timmy, Reggie, Dorian, you know, Luca, uh, guys that are play who play on the perimeter, uh, he can also talk to a, a young Josh Green who, uh, in his first two years of just understanding what it, what what happens, you don't play for maybe a year and then you come out and play, and so just understanding what the ups and downs and how that makes you feel, and I think Josh is a perfect candidate for you know for him to kind of talk to. Um, but I think also the coaching staff being able to work with them all summer, and we'll continue to work with them. Um, he, he again, he's having a, a really good camp. I think just being under control, um, again, attacking, uh, understand what it means to, uh, you know, be patient. Um, he, he's one that he can score the ball. Um, it was funny yesterday he came down. Um, it might have been one on five. Maybe I'm exaggerating. And uh, he shot it. And uh, there was some vets that said that's that's not a good shot. Um, and he he didn't uh, react in a negative way. You know, he took it and uh, understood what they were they were coaching him, and that's the environment that we have here. I think Jason Kidd from that that clip, some other quotes, they're setting him up to be exactly what you just said. It's icing on the cake if he develops, but they're not giving they're not putting expectations on him. They're not coming out and saying, "Oh, this guy is looking great in camp." He said he looks good in camp, but he didn't say, "Oh, this guy is looking like we can." You know, rely on him. We're expecting him. You didn't hear Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison say he's the guy. Like he's our third. He's our third ball. He's going to replace Jalen Brunson. Like anything like that. They didn't set him up in that way, which is probably smart on their behalf. Um, we're also not hearing, you know, a ton of like overly glowing things where he's just blowing everybody away. Where he is just stepping up and becoming that guy. So they're well, going to develop. Had two, him we've had two days at camp. So well, it's been two full days of camp and media day. But but he has been here. Over the summer, right? Like right. he has been They've in these pickup him. runs. He has been playing with Dinwiddie and Tim and like, you know, Jason Kidd was referencing like these, he he has a good group of vets that he can learn from. And it's just, when I think of like one word, if we had to put one word for every guy, this it's like fun. Like he's just, he's a fun dude. You're going to hear it in the third segment of us interviewing it. He's such a fun guy. And you can watch all the, all the interviews that, you know, we're pulling from is, you know, on Mav's YouTube page. Yeah. Um, that from post practice, all that stuff. So you can like see even more of Jaden, <laughs> Jaden Hardy and just how fun and chipper he is as, as a 19 year old kid. So it's just, it, that's gonna. I think that's the role he's going to have this year is the victory cigar. Let's learn from vets. Let's learn what it is to be a pro. You're a gifted, gifted, talented guy, but let's learn what being a pro is in year one. That and I also think there's a chance he could develop into a role. I don't I don't know if it happens by the end of this year, but it could, and I'm open to that, and I'm definitely rooting for it because the guy is just just, just a joy to talk to and to to be around. And let's play a couple of clips from from practice and let's uh, we'll just react to him because 
I thought that his, his training camp interview was just really, really good. Uh, not yet, for real. I mean, so this this is he was asked about a welcome to the NBA type moment. I mean, it's still surreal to me. Like, just every time I walk in here, like, I'll be like, dang, like, I am in the NBA. But, like, I really ain't had that moment, like, for real. Probably when I step out there on the, on the NBA court, that's probably when it's going to be like, yeah. Uh -huh. He is, like, beaming. He's beaming. Yeah. And this is the same as the interview you're going to hear in the third segment with us talking to him at media day. But he is, like, smile ear to ear, excited just to be at training camp. Yeah. It's funny because you can do the whole like, you know, how you see like presidents like before and after their term and stuff and like how they age. And I'll say, let's let's see what he looks like in year four. And he's just like, yeah, I'm here. Uh. I don't know. Some guys still some guys still love it. I mean, they love certain things. It's impossible it. to not to like smile whenever you're talking to him because he is his smile is so like infectious type yeah. of smile. It, he's just a lot of fun. He was then asked about how he can contribute and uh, stuff he's been working on in the offseason. Uh, well, I feel like, I mean, with my game, I could triple with uh, three-level scoring, uh, my ability to play mate, get into the paint, find uh, my, my teammates, and then really just competing on the defensive end, uh, just coming in, uh, playing hard with a chip on my shoulder. So that's 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 how I look to see I can uh, come in and help the team. And you can kind of tell the things that they've been working on with him. Like, he brings up the defense because they know he knows that coaching staff oh, yeah. has been pushing that and pushing that with him and, and the three-level scoring. And who's been present at practice the past two days? Frank Vogel. And Jason Kidd has talked about pulling defensive stuff from Frank Vogel so many times. Nico Harrison has talked about pulling stuff from Frank Vogel. And Frank Vogel's been, you know, a freak in the past few days. So that's maybe uh, another sign that Russell Westbrook's not going to be a Maverick. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you are trying to uh, make that happen. Read any tea uh, leaves, yeah. <laughs> But no, that that's that's a serious thing. Is like kid models so much. Jared Dudley, when I wrote that story for him, as uh, you know about him on Maz.com, he's talking about how much they try to implement defensive stuff from Vogel. So you know that has been one of the top things to start training camp is defense, and yeah. uh, that's probably Jaden Hardy's uh, welcome to the NBA moment is uh, working on defense. Yeah. Yeah, I was in here working with the coaches pretty much like after summer league. I came out here, started working with the coaches, and really they just preached to me just like getting, getting more efficient, uh, working on my shots, like catching shoot threes, being able to play off the catch. Uh, so when I'm out there playing with Luca and stuff like that, so really and just, just working on my ball handling and then being a better defender. So, uh, yeah, I'll probably say that. So this is a question about the difference between the G League and the NBA and the answer's fine, but this is when, this is when Christian Wood jumps in here at the end of this answer. Biggest difference uh, between the NBA and the G League is just probably the level of competition. I feel like the guys up here are better. Uh, and then really just, uh, I feel like the pace is kind of much just like faster, a little, a little bit faster. <laughs> you hear him jump in there at the end. He's a steal. Just saying that you gotta love it. You gotta love it. And then, uh, the last one I thought was hilarious. He was asked who, tra who talks the most trash so far during camp. <laughs> gotta talk the most trash so far. I'll probably say probably Doe. Doe probably talked the most trash. <laughs> Yeah, to me, to me, he does probably talk the most trash to me. Yeah. Oh, you got to imagine Dorian talking trash. The way Dorian was talking to us. <laughs> oh, man. oh, man. He loves talking trash. And I just love that. I love the camaraderie that the that players were already talking to Jaden Hardy and saying that's a bad shot when he was came down one on five. Because those are the type of shots that help his efficiency. If he takes better shots, if he makes better decisions, the decisions he made in the G League when he was the guy, when he was averaging 19 points a game for the G League Ignite, 
Those are not the shots that are going to fly in the NBA, especially on a veteran team like this. I think it's such a great environment for him. Oh, I'm so excited for Jaden Hardy. I'm excited for him. Yes. I, and and look at the difference between I know we're probably gonna go over, but like That's fine. look at the difference between the situation that Dennis Smith Jr. walked into and Jaden Hardy. Yeah, of like Dennis walking into a team that's gonna suck, and you're just like giving the reins and it's like take fifteen do shots all your, a game. Yeah, go do all your stuff and and everything. Jaden Hardy's gonna walk in, probably just as talented as Dennis, and yeah, wow. and, and and say. Hey, this is what winning basketball looks like. We're going to be a playoff team. You might, you're not going to get 16 shots a game and learn how to play within a system, learn how to play defense and actually on a big stage here, like watch somebody like a Luka Doncic, learn how to play off the ball, like stuff like that. This is where fit matters so much in the NBA. And I think we're going to look back on Jaden Hardy's career years from now and say, man, like, yeah, he didn't get the full reins when he walked in. But that those first first year or so in his career playing on that playoff team in Dallas and learning what it means to be a pro helps shape the rest of his career. Jordan Poole, CJ McCollum, like these are all guys in the NBA that came up this same kind of way, either in the G yeah. League or in you know spots where they were playing behind a superstar, and then all of a sudden they were ready a year or two years or three years into their career, and then they got this huge big opportunity, took took you know advantage of it fully, and then became Jordan Poole, still my guy, still my guy of like. For Jaden Hardy's yeah. like career path, what Jordan Poole brings to Golden State, is that something, are we looking at Jaden Hardy the same way two to three years from now saying, oh, that's our Jordan Poole coming off the bench and all that. Yeah. So let's hear from Jaden Hardy. We talked to him at Media Day. It was a great interview. I loved all of it. And uh, we'll hear from him from Media Day coming up. Man, how's Media Day going? It's going good so far. Yeah. So far. Yeah. Right, here's a mic right here. Year one. Different than G League Media Day? Uh, that's kind of similar. Yeah, yeah G League, they make it a big deal for the United team. So yeah. we're just doing a bunch of stuff. That's cool. A bunch of stuff for the Jungle Tron and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, what is this year? What's a successful season for this year? A uh, successful season for, for this year? I would say a winning season. Uh, I mean, it starts with us getting wins. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's start there. Uh, what was your reaction when you saw Mavs Suns Game Seven last year? Uh-huh. Were you watching it? Did you? What was your reaction when you saw the final score when it was the Mavs beat them by that much? Yeah, I, I was watching that game. Uh, man, man, my reaction was, I mean, nobody really expected that, and no. uh, it just is like the chemistry that they had. It looked like they were having a, a lot of fun out there. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was not as crazy that I'm here. So. <laughs> we uh, we had Nico in here a little bit ago, and we were talking to him about that backup ball handler role on the team. Mm-hmm. And he threw out Frank. He also threw out your name. What is what? How do you see your role going into this season? Uh, I mean, really, just coming in, I'm just doing what the coaches ask me, and I feel like I'm capable of whatever they want me to do. I'm capable of. And I'm very confident in myself and my abilities, and I feel like the guys see that on, on the team, and they and they see that I'm confident. And they see that I, I'm a hard worker. Like, I'm, I'm in there putting long hours in the gym, uh, staying there late night. So, yeah. Yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie said you were you were running the table the other day. Oh, yeah. I was – yeah. We, we, me and him, me and him, we was on the same team. Me, him, Tim, we was we was in there running. Who, who running was on the, the other team? Uh, all the other players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who was the other guys on That's your amazing. team? You, Tim. It was me, Tim, Spencer, JaVale. 
and we one one day we had a coach on our team. Okay, it was like the other guys on the other yeah. team. Good so squad. Yeah, yeah. We had a good squad. We ran the Mavs coaches there. can all play. <laughs> Chrissy Tolliver, Dudley. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Dud likes Dud like get out there. Uh, has Coach Kidd talked to you about your role? Like from the draft till now, have you had conversations with him about what he wants from you, what he expects from you? Uh, yeah, I mean, we he haven't told me much about my role. Really, just we got we got, he got a chance to sit down, watch film on me, watch film on a, a bunch of different other players, and really just him just like helping me with my game, things yeah. that he uh, know that I can do. Uh, they know I can score the ball really well, and I can play make. So just like with them knowing that, and them just helping me and helping me continue to grow as a player. Uh, so yeah. What's your earliest Mavs memory? My earliest Mavs memory? Yeah. What you mean as far as like what? Like what's the first time you remember seeing the Mavs like on your TV? Um, I'll probably say the first time is probably going to a Mavs game uh, okay. when they played Detroit Pistons. Because I used to go to a lot of the Detroit Pistons games when I was younger. Uh, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Who was so on the Pistons back then? Back then it was more like Chauncey Billups. Like Rip uh, Hamilton, Rip Hamilton, Tayshaun? Yeah. Tayshaun, Ben Wallace, so like all oh, them guys. That was a good squad. Like, so yeah, going and seeing that up close, like it was, it was surreal, and it just made me want to be out there one day. What you know? What do you think about Dirk? What I think about Dirk? Yeah, a legend, Hall of Famer. What yeah, you mean? Dirk Cole got the fatal one leg fade away. Like just watching that up close when I was younger, it was like yeah, Dirk Cole playing with him on two K. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> cool. it's something when you have a move after you. Yeah, like, you come up with a move in basketball. Yeah, that's that's Oof. legendary, man. Yeah. Uh, you've said that the biggest improvement you want to make in your game is efficiency. Mm-hmm. How do you get better at that? What have you been working on this summer to get better? Uh, yeah, the co- I mean, really, I've just been here uh, working with the coaches. So just being in the gym with them, them helping me, just getting a bunch of reps. Uh, just and just like like I said, like I said, just a bunch of a lot of reps, and then just having confidence when I'm out there, being having that confidence when I'm out there. So you enter the draft, even before that, you're mm-hmm. one of the top prospects in the whole country. Spend a year in the G League. Draft happens. Mm. You fall to the second round. What was your thoughts on draft night? And is there any bit of that that is that you're like I'm gonna hold that with me? Uh, oh yeah, that's for sure gonna stick with me forever. Uh, I still feel like I wanted the best. I, I feel like I am the best prospect in, out of this draft class. Uh, mm. I feel like uh, the G League helped prepare me. I feel like I took the uh, the biggest uh, route as far as just jumping from high school straight to the pros, playing against grown men. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like it's going to help me in the long run. And I feel like coming in, like, I feel like I already know, like, what's expected out there, to, uh, it's the competition level. Uh, and it's, like, people are stronger, faster. So just being able to adjust to that early and not that I'm adjusted to it, I feel like it's going to help me. It, it helped me. So, yeah. yeah. Where do you think you're gonna get drafted? On, on draft night, you're like, you have a range of options. Uh, just, I ain't. I really, when it comes to the draft, like you never really know. Yeah. So it's just like until you hear your name called. So I really didn't know. Um, so. All right, we're gonna do some fun ones real quick. All right. We've asked everybody to draw Luca's logo. I, don't, I, I haven't seen his logo yet, so I don't oh, you can take a shot at it. All right. You can't do worse than uh, Theo's. <laughs> and Theo's played Theo's with him, was so. Uh, by far the worst. It has two sevens in it. I'll, gi- I'll give you that that hint. The suspense is great. Okay. See, you're, you're wearing his shoes. You could probably show it. You're already doing better than <laughs> Theo. Yeah, Theo's was like. Oh, a, I feel like the oh here we go. There you go <laughs> with this, an LD with the seven. <laughs> Lucas logo. <laughs> Love it. All right. Uh, what's something annoying about Luca? You haven't known him probably for very long, uh, but 
and hearing other teammates maybe talk about him or seeing him, what's something annoying about Luca? Uh, I, I don't really know. Could be good or bad. Annoying, what's annoying about him? They haven't really told me. Like I just like <laughs> really like starting like to get in to talk to him. Yeah. Like nah, you haven't heard like watch out for this about with Luca. No, nah, not really. They just I've been telling me all good things about Luca. Like he yeah. cool. Like wait till he get here. Like you gonna see. Like he cool. So that's all they've been really telling me. If if you could watch a reality show mm-hmm. about any of your teammates' lives. Which teammate would you pick? You got to watch it like every week, like every Tuesday night. I'll, I'll probably watch Theo or Spencer. Okay. Them two, them, them, two are, them two are, uh, they got it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they got history. Back yeah. to the Nets. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they do. All right, last one. So on media day, you get all the questions thrown at you. What question you got for us? What question I got for y'all? I mean, what y'all, what y'all expected from the Mavs this season? What y'all think? Oh, we're going what's to the finals. Oh, yeah. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to see I'm gonna see you drain a three in the finals. Oh, yeah. Is that That's good? coming. All right. That's coming. Or dunk on somebody's head. <laughs> oh. Hey. Like Spencer did to Rudy Gobert. Oh, yeah. You see that dunk? You, <laughs> I seen that. Game-winning three or yamming on somebody's head? What do you want to well, do? Well, both. A, a game. I, I did that one. both. And the, oh. I did that both in the G League. Okay. Game one and three, and I jammed on somebody's head. So both. <laughs> <laughs> in the same now, game. Who are you looking for? Give me three names. Who are you looking for to plan the most? Uh, who I'm looking forward to to plan the most, for sure, LeBron. Because, I mean, yeah. grew up watching LeBron. Like, he was one of my favorite players. KD. Uh, man. Uh, ja Morant. Because me and Ja, like, I knew, I've been knowing Ja way before, like, uh, he blew up. So, yeah. like, just having that connection with him, just, like, seeing him at camps when he was college and then just to not where he is now so for sure yeah that's cool all right good stuff man yeah. appreciate it bro yeah no problem thank you yeah, for sure. good meeting you yeah, good to meet you we'll see you around